Well, this text is the perfect passage to look at on a Christmas Eve. It's perfect because if you're a Christian, uh, this passage contains the whole thing that you've been excited about. Everything that you've been sort of anticipating and why this is such a significant holiday to you is contained in this particular passage. And for those of you who don't consider yourselves Christians, we're thrilled that you're here. And this is actually a great day for you to be here because in this passage is the chance for you to hear what Christianity is all about. My guess is you may have a sense of what you think it's about or what you feel like you've heard it's about. I want you to be able to see from God's word itself what the message of Christianity really is about. And so what we're gonna see in this passage here today is what Christianity is, who Christianity is for, and then we're gonna look at the Christ of Christianity. So what Christianity is, who Christianity's for, and the Christ of Christianity. So the first thing we notice in this passage, that again, we'll put up on the screen, is in verse 10, is that Christianity is a message of good news. Look at this, it says, in verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Christianity is good news. I say this a lot for those of you that are regular here, but if you're not regular here, this is important for you to see, is that the message of Christianity is news, not advice. Advice is you should do this, you should work hard at this, you really ought to try that. That's what a lot of people think Christianity is. And listen, if that's what I thought Christianity is, I wouldn't want to be a Christian either do this. You got a bunch of lists of do's and don'ts. I'm not interested. But that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a message of good news. It's an announcement. It's something has happened. And this something that's happened is good news, the next part says, of great joy. Good news of great joy. That word great joy in the Greek is the word megas. Sound familiar? Mega joy. I bring you good news of mega joy. Listen, I think that we often don't really get a sense of what joy is until we look at the face of a, of a kid. And uh, I've actually, uh, in our house, we've got a little 15 or so month old little guy named Hank. And his favorite word and his favorite thing is a ball. He's got balls of every shape and size. It's ball, 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 ball. It's easy to say. He sees them everywhere. He just can't wait to get a, his, his hands on a ball of some sort. And the other day I got this text message from my wife, Molly. She said, I let him bring the football in. This is the one we keep outside. I let him bring it in. I let him bring it in the house, hashtag happiness, right? That is the face of mega joy, right? The angel says, I bring you good news of mega joy, great joy. Christianity is about maximizing joy. The quality of the joy, meaning it's, it's designed to be the most intense kind of joy ever, and the quantity of the joy. It's supposed to last forever. The psalmist in Psalm 1611 says, in your presence, God, is the fullness of joy, that's quality. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, that's quantity. The fullness of joy is found in Jesus Christ because Jesus is the presence of God among us. And so this is a message of good news, of great joy. Here's the thing. It is all of us know what it's like to live life where God's not really at the center of it. And here's, the, I think, what life's like when we do that is it's short bursts of ever-diminishing joy. 
Right? To say that joy's not possible in this life apart from God, well, that's not true. We all know better. If you don't figure out something to do that gives you some kind of joy, however small, like you're probably not doing it right. But the reality is life apart from God is short bursts of joy with ever-diminishing pleasure. This is why we keep searching for stuff and we find it never quite fills us up. We think, you know what? If I could just get married to the right person, and that's a short burst, maybe even a longer burst, but at some point, it's not super long before you realize, is this it? And you know what? She's thinking the same thing. <laughs> and, and, and then you think, well, maybe if we have kids. Oh, okay. And, and then you go, okay, we were totally wrong about that. <laughs> but no, but they're great. But you go like, this is hard work, and this is difficult, and I haven't slept in six months. And, right? and, and so that becomes things. And maybe you start to look for it in your career, or maybe this is why some of you go from hobby to hobby to hobby, and, and you kind of, you know, you, you do it for a while, and it is real, it truly is joyful, but it's in short bursts, and it's ever diminishing. Kind of need a bigger hit of it each time. Maybe some of you go, you know what, if I could just get out of this marriage, that'd be the joyful thing. Maybe if I could just have this life or this house or this kind of career or this kind of wardrobe or these kinds of relationships. Listen, you're going to search forever and ever and ever and never find the thing that is going to last forever until you find God. Because life without God is short bursts of ever-diminishing joy, but life with Jesus at the center of it, because it's in his presence, it's the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. That's what Christianity is. Christianity is good news of mega joy. Okay, well, who's Christianity for? Well, this passage tells us that as well. It's for all the people. See that in verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If you have the opportunity to go to heaven, three things will surprise you. Who's there, who's not there, and that you're there. And this is a remarkable passage because the, the Jews who this would have been announced to probably had an assumption that whenever a Messiah came, whenever an anointed one came, the, the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament had predicted that, they thought whenever that happened, that would be great for Israel. But no, 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 the angel says, this is not just for Israel, this is for all the people. This is for Jew and Gentile. This is for men and women. This is for adults. This is for children. It's for rich and for poor. It's for good people and bad people. It's for religious people and irreligious people. It's for people who are all put together and people who are a hot mess. This is good news of great joy for all the people. Now here's, here's where we misunderstand Christianity. We think oftentimes that Christianity is Decent advice of a kind of bummer way to live that's for good people. But that's not what that says, is it? Decent advice, kind of a bummer for good people. No. This is good news of great joy for all the people. So whoever you are, the message of Christianity is for you if you will receive it. And it does need to be received. And the person that needs to be received is the Christ of Christianity. And he's described in verse 11. There it says this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior 
who is Christ, a savior. Notice the angel does not say, here's the good news, I came to bring you a helper. I, I, he doesn't say, hey, here's the good news, I came to bring you a teacher. He doesn't say, I came to bring you a motivational speaker. He says, I came to bring you a savior. Born this day in the city of David is a savior. Do you know what the name Jesus means? God saves. God saves. This is why the angel said to Joseph, you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now there's this thing in us that if we think very hard about it, a lot of the times we just get through life we don't think very hard about it, but if we do, we start to go, you know what, a savior is actually something we all really need and long for. And you actually notice this just by something that we see in our culture that's everywhere all the time. Uh, I'm a big movie buff. I like watching movies and, and uh, have a friend that I go see a lot of movies with. And, and it seems like more and more and more every movie is a superhero movie <laughs> or a sequel of a superhero movie. And uh, Ben Affleck has starred in a number of these as uh, Batman, and they asked him about it. And here's what Ben Affleck said. He said, we certainly are in need of heroes in 2017. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, from natural to man-made disasters, and it's really scary. You feel like that? It resonates. Part of the appeal of this genre, that's the superhero movies, is wish fulfillment. Wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody who can save us from all this, save us from ourselves, save us from the consequences of our actions, and save us from people who are evil? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it sure would. And so I wanna just make sure we, we see a couple of the things there, because I think when we look for a savior, we think about someone who's gonna save us from all the bad people, the people who are evil, and the stuff out there, but, but Affleck actually really smartly says this, and we've highlighted it, someone who could save us from ourselves, save us from the consequences of our actions. See, what he knows, and he's probably just doing a media jaunt and talking, but it's just instinctive in the human condition is we know that the problem isn't just out there. There's a problem in here. It's why we feel guilty. It's why we feel ashamed. It's why we feel afraid. It's because we're all sort of going, this, am I okay? And we know the answer is no. And the reason is sin. Sin is disregarding God putting anything that God's created in place of God and making that the kind of center of your life. And what happens as you do that, and we all do that, is we realize this doesn't pay off and eventually that guilt and fear and shame starts to dominate us and we go, I need someone who can save me from myself, who can save me from the consequences of my actions. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what the, that's what the, the, the angel said, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, here's the thing. You can know that you need this, but in order to actually experience this gift that's good news of great joy, you've gotta receive it. And if you're gonna receive it, it means you actually are receiving a gift that's very difficult to receive. So I just want to imagine with you for a moment that tomorrow, or maybe tonight, if you're one of those people that opens presents on Christmas Eve, you, uh, you, you find one and it's very nicely wrapped and you get this present and you, you uh, start to 
you start to open it up, maybe there's ribbons around it, you can feel it, you go, oh, this is a book, I wonder what this book's gonna be. And you open it up, and here's the book that somebody's given you. (laughs) Weight loss kit for dummies. So in other words, you're fat and you're stupid, (laughs) right? Now think about this. What kind of humility is it gonna take to receive that gift? Because that gift is insulting you. It's saying you're fat and you're stupid. That's the kind of humility it's gonna take to receive Jesus. Because what Jesus tells us by being born a savior who is Christ the Lord is that we are sinful. We're wicked, we're evil. We are unloving, we're impatient, we're unkind. We talk before we think. We're often organizing all of our lives around ourselves. And so the gift of Jesus says, hey, not only are you fat and stupid, you're wicked. (laughs) And so this is a difficult gift to receive. Listen, Christmas means that we're so needy that nothing but the death of the Son of God can save us. Because that's what Jesus came to do. When Jesus came as a savior, he was a savior not through just his teaching or his miracle working, but through his dying on the cross in the place of sinners. And so Christmas says we're so needy, the son of God had to die to save us. That's a tough gift to receive. But we need to receive it. And we need to receive it because not only is Jesus a savior, but he's also Christ the Lord. The angel says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. See, Jesus didn't just die on that cross, but he resurrected from the grave, victorious over Satan, sin, and death, and he reigns now forever as Lord of all creation. There is not a maverick molecule in the universe. There is not one square inch over which Jesus does not declare mine. And so get this. If Jesus is Lord, you can't just like him. You can't just admire him from a distance. You can't just go, oh, that's, that's an inspiring story. You can't just go, oh, that, uh, this is so encouraging. It's not very encouraging. You're a sinner that needs saving and you can't do it yourself. But the one who has come to save you is Christ the Lord. Listen, when you follow the life of Jesus throughout the rest of the Gospel of Luke or in Matthew, Mark, or John, what you see is that people over and over and over, when they encounter Jesus, they're either scared of him, because they go, wow, this guy has power unlike anybody I've ever seen, or they're furious at him because he's telling them you're wicked and you need a savior, or they bow before him. Which are you? You scared of him? You go, I don't really want to get near him. This this, this stuff kind of creeps me out. Are you mad at him? How dare you call me a sinner? How dare you say that my life doesn't have the kind of joy that's possible in Jesus? How dare you? Hey, you're just getting mad at him. Or will you bow? Will you receive the humbling gift of Jesus, the Savior? And will you surrender? Will you bow in your heart to Jesus Christ, the Lord? (laughs) 
I bring you good news of great joy for all the people who will receive Christ as Savior and as Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this message of Christianity, this message of the faith, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but would have everlasting life, the fullness of joy, quality and quantity. So Father, I pray right now for all of us that we would see the desperate need that we have for a savior, not just a motivational speaker or an inspirer or a teacher, but a need for a savior, that we would bow before you. And so God, I wanna pray as well for those who have not done that. God, I pray that even in this moment, you would give them faith and you would give them trust, that you would allow them to see how sin has brought guilt and shame and fear into their lives, that they would turn to you and ask you for forgiveness, ask you for cleansing, ask you to be their security. God, would they, even in this moment, receive the free gift of eternal life as they're born again in the heart by faith. God, we pray for that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.